gratefulness. I'll give the Lord a hand of praise. He's worthy. 2018 is over, and we are all here, and we are grateful. We are grateful. Come with us now to the word for the day. We want to say welcome to our guest musician, Brother DC. It's good to have you here again with us. Our music staff has just returned as we speak, um, and so they will be here from now on. They needed to get away for a minute for a honeymoon. Somebody say amen. Don't hate. Okay. And so, come with us today, beloved, to the New Testament. The letter of Paul to the Ephesians. The letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. If you are ready to hear God's word, won't you stand out of reverence for it? And listen now for the word of the Lord. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. And although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. He created all things so that through the church, I said the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
You may be seated. Amen. This is a phenomenal scripture filled with lots of things. And believe me, we worked at it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Beautiful scripture. Look at your neighbor and smile today. And then look at the empty pews and smile for the people who are not here and the people who are coming. Amen. Praise God, somebody. Praise God. Amen. Say, it's not about me. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, as we come today before your throne of grace, we come asking humbly that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's not about me. Not about me. Not about me. Beloved, we live in a world today that is fixated with itself. Today, we support and lift up and encourage people to focus on themselves. Somebody say amen. amen. We living in a time of selfies. We are labeled the narcissist generation. That generation who has fallen in love with the image of themselves. You know the fable about narcissist? He was a hunter who went into the woods and narcissist was there by himself and he went to a pond and in the pond he saw a reflection. He didn't know who it was but he knew it was a reflection and it was a reflection of him. And he fell in love with the reflection of himself. That's what's happening in the world today. We are consumed with ourselves. Look at neighbors, say it's a selfie generation. We are addicted to, to fame and hearing our names called and being seen and noticed by everybody today. We've been programmed to think that life is all about us. But our wonderful scripture this morning, the first Sunday of a new year, begins. For this reason, I, Paul, and you know, Paul is a preacher, Paul is an apostle, Paul is a leader with Christians, and he's talking to his congregation and to those outside of it. And to us today, Paul says, for this reason, I, Paul, am the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Not for myself, but for you Gentiles. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to fix that. In other words, Paul has an e epiphany. Paul, Paul has um, a light bulb moment. Paul has seen through the mystery 
of people thinking it's all about them to the truth of God. God has opened the window. He has a revelation. There is scientific information. There's all kind of knowledgeable information. But when you get a holy revelation knowledge, that's from God. So Pastor Paul, being a Christian, realizes all of a sudden, nothing in life that I've been through was all about me. And he continues in verse 2, he said, you've heard, of course, about the responsibility to distribute God's grace, which God gave me, not for me, he says, but for you, right? In other words, Paul is saying, all that I am as a child of God has to do more with you Gentiles than with me. It's not about me. It's all about you, not for himself, but for the Gentiles. And that's the mystery of the church. I hope y'all going to get this this morning. That's the mystery of the church. The church is not for us as much as the church is for those left out. Ooh, that's deep the church is not for us as much as it is for those left out. Look at the neighbor say, now that's rich. Well, who were the Gentiles? Paul said, I've been through everything for the Gentiles. Well, who were the Gentiles? The Gentiles. The Gentiles were the people looked down upon by the traditional church. Ain't nothing new. Ain't nothing new. It was happening back then too. The Orthodox Jews in Paul's day considered the Gentiles dogs. That's why it's a serious thing when we call a human being a dog. That's never meant anything good. It means you're less than an animal. And as often referred to the Gentiles, they would call them dogs. I used to tell my children, and my children, of course, are those in the church as well as those I've birthed, as well as those on the outside. All children are my children, like all children are your children, because it ain't about me or you, it's about them. <laughs> I would say, be very careful when you call yourself a dog, because that's the enemy telling you you are less than a human. But dogs spell backwards. See, the devil always... God spelled backwards is God. Be for real about how you are created in the image of God. The Gentiles had never been to church. The Gentiles had had the advantage. They hadn't had the advantages of the church folk. They were the generation who raised themselves. The generation of Gentiles were just common folk who were walking through life without knowing Jesus. Sounds just like recent years in our own society to me. And so Pastor Paul says that he finally knew all the things that he had gone through in life. This is, this is deep. We're, we're not about him, but for somebody else. Isn't that interesting? It's the truth. Beloved, many times the situations we get caught up in are not about us. 
Oh, when I realized that, I went, oh, God, you want to be like Jesus? You want God to use you? I'm going to tell you the truth about it all. Many times the situations we get caught up in are not about us. So, because today we tend to think that everything is about us, we find ourselves in places and in situations that, that we had not planned to, because God has his own reasons for allowing things to happen to us in our life. God has a reason for us going through what we go through. You better hear what I'm saying, because, see, we sit in a world we don't even believe God is doing anything anymore. We start up in what we think, that we got churches now more concerned with pleasing what people think than pleasing what God says. God has a reason that, that you're having hard time. God has a reason for life being difficult for you. God has a reason that you have experienced addiction. God has a reason for you having divorced. God has a reason for your suffering and your abuse. Hear me now. Hear me now. I'm not saying that God is the reason for where we find ourselves all the time. Many times we did it. Many times somebody else did it. Many times the devil did it, child of God. But our life is still in God's hands. No matter who did it and how it happened, God may not have caused, but God allowed it. And God will use it, what you've been through, to save somebody else. The Bible teaches us that God will take what the devil meant for evil. And for a child of God, Turn it into something good. The Bible says that all things work together for good. For those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Say, I receive that. And so, beloved, God was using you for the things you've been through for a lot of reasons. We can answer the why of our lives. Have you ever said, Lord, why me? <laughs> why is this happening to me? It's a human question. And the answer is here. Let me help you this morning. God was using you because you are anointed. And the anointed go through things differently from those who are not anointed. And people are watching those of us who come to church and are members of the church to just see how we go through it. God was taking you through trouble, beloved, because he knew that he could trust you with trouble and you'd still praise him. Somebody needs to see that. God called you out and placed you in a mess to give you a testimony to somebody who's going through a similar mess. Oh, you need to hear me this morning. I'm telling you the why. God brought you out just so you could tell somebody else 
about what God will do. And then those would begin to believe in God too. Can you live with that? It was not all about me. What I've been through in life was for somebody else. When we get this, when we get this, the whole world will change. When we, as God's children, get this, I'm going to tell y'all a secret. I ain't told the world, but I'm telling the church. I can remember one day, um, I always tell preachers that we shouldn't ever preach a sermon without a personal testimony, because one of the things today, I don't know about uh, yesterday, because I don't live back there, but <laughs> I get excited about what's coming. I really get excited about ooh, what's coming. I love change, good change. One day, the Holy Spirit told me in the church we were having so many couples who were going through stuff. So one day I just said to the congregation, let me just make this clear to you. Divorce is not of God. Let's just get that straight. I have been divorced more than one time and still divorce is not of God. And so what we are going to do is we're going to focus on keeping our families together because the reason I've been through more than one divorce really wasn't all about me. It was for you so that I can tell you what divorce does to families and to children. Unless you're getting beat up, just love the one you're with. Because two checks are better than one, I'm going to just tell you. I'm telling you from my own experience. Having somebody else pick your children up is better than you having total responsibility for them. I'm just saying. Not what I heard. I'm sharing with you what I know because I've been through. So I'm telling you that I've been through divorce for everybody. <laughs> and we're going to do everything in this congregation to stop it and not have divorces. I was there 10 more years. That was probably the 10th year because I was there 20. And those 10 years, that we had counselor, a member of the church. We'd go to the doctor. If I couldn't deal with it, we'd send our couples anywhere we could. I don't know if it, to me it just kind of completely stopped. But, but I, I know some marriages that I, I thought would never make it. When we made that resolution, they made it. Wouldn't it mean something if we understood that everything we've gone through in life 
was not just about us. What would happen if all those men who have been to prison will come out of prison and tell their children, no more prison. I've been to prison for you and for you and for you. I did it. Nobody else don't need to repeat it. It was not just about me. I'm telling you, you will not go because I have been. We have a lot of people today going around wishing that church folk would keep it real. Wishing that somebody from the church would hold them and hug them and confess that they've been addicted to. But look at me now. That's what. We need a church full of folk who know that what they've been through was just not for them. So when they see somebody going through what they have been through, they know that's their ministry because your ministry is in your pain. I look back on my life. I've had and I've had not. And God had to fix it that way. I was going to pass the people who had it and people who had not. I've been through so many situations in my life that I understand now were not for me. They were simply because I needed to know how other people feel in the situations of life that they go through. And it's been rough. But I got a testimony. Amen. I got a testimony. The word of God says, I once was young and now I'm old. Yes. Never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Right. You know how I know? Because I'm old and I'm still here. Somebody say, I got a testimony. When I tell you trouble don't last always, it's because me and trouble have had a lot of runs together. Okay. Trouble don't last always. And so Pastor Paul said to his congregation, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me, not for me, but for you. He said, that's the mystery made known to me. So why would Pastor Paul say that? Well, because Paul had a background. I said, Paul, at the back. <coughs> Does anybody in here have a background? Yeah. <laughs> well, some people ain't had a background because they ain't been nowhere. <laughs> Somebody didn't have a background say, I never did anything wrong because nobody asked you. Some people think they don't have a background because to them they haven't made any mistakes, but we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, before Paul was saved, Paul was the rascal of all rascals. I'm talking about Paul, the apostle, the preacher, the prophet. 
Paul, who wrote more letters in the New Testament than anybody else. Yeah. Brilliant Paul. Before he was saved, Paul went around beating up Christians, killing Christians, torturing Christians. That was his job. He hated Christians. I'm talking about Paul. You see, before he was saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, Mr. Paul had tortured and killed. Still, God called him to preach. Oh, somebody need to hear me up in here. In verse 7, Paul says, of this gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, he says, I have become a servant, a preacher, because of the gift of God's grace. Grace is God loving you when he don't have to love you. Grace is God loving you, and you ain't even worth it. Grace is God's unmerited love. Whenever we get to the place we think we're so good and we deserve it, then that's the greatest sin of all. Because we don't deserve anything from a holy God. See, God is holy. He doesn't know sin. So for him to look at my sin and say, I'm going to find a way to get you out of that. Because I love you even while you or a And so Paul said, I have now become a servant, a preacher, because of the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of God's power. In other words, Pastor Paul is admitting that he had done some horrible things in life. But by the grace of God, God called him anyway. Sometimes the best Christians in the world are the folks who know where God brought them from. <laughs> Sometimes you must admit who you, who you were so that you can rejoice in how you have become by the grace of God. One of my favorite songs says it. Amazing grace has always been my song of praise. For, for it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why a holy God came to love me so. Ah, he looked beyond my faults. And he saw my need. God is the only person I know who knows all about you and me and still loves us anyway. That, that's some kind of God. That is some kind of God. You can't find a man or woman who will do that. That's some kind of God. That's some kind of God. That's what Paul says, the grace of God was a mystery to me until God allowed my life to get so bad that only God's grace could save me. People out there broken and hurting have never heard that God loves them. Even on the streets, strung out, even on the sidewalk sleeping, even in the big Jobs making six figures and don't even praise God. That's a sin as much as sleeping on the street is a horrible thing. 
God loves those, the Gentiles, who are left out. Well, in some ways more. I don't know. God said he came. I, I, I came for sinners. I didn't come for righteous people. God created all things that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Look at your neighbor, say, it's not about me, it's not about me. And so, beloved, it's a close. During this new year, the most important thing for the church of Jesus Christ to understand is that the church is for everybody. My heart breaks when I see the same people in church all the time. I feel like a failure. Because I know that's not what the church is supposed to look like. The church is for everybody. So the lesson is about an apostle, a preacher, a teacher who knew that his mission was to bring the Jews and the Gentiles into the church together. Oh, Lord have mercy. Two groups of people who, who were different from each other. Two different classes of people, two different cultures. One group had been in the church for a long time and they still wasn't saved. And the other group had not. One group had the seized Christians. And the others had those freshly out of the world. Oh, my God. Nothing more beautiful than to see that happening. And, and then in his mystery, he said, just because you have been in the church all of your life, because then God says, now I'm making equal heirs. Y'all got to understand. They're going to be equal heirs. The, the Gentiles, the new people who come in from everywhere, they're going to be equal heirs. So, so they're equal heirs. So just sit down, shut up, and let them do just equal heirs. Just because you've been here all the time don't mean this is your church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When they come in, it becomes... Because the, the bottom line is it ain't nobody's church but God. This is God's house. This ain't your house. This ain't your church. You can pay for it. You can fix it up. You can, you can do all kinds. You can sing in the choir. You can be a usher. You can be here 30, 40, 50 years. This is still not your church. Amen. It's God's church. And God is clear about it. God wants his church to have everybody in it. Somebody walks down the aisle this morning and they've never been a member of the church. Guess what? The Bible says they have just as much right to things as you do. Amen. See, that, that's, that would make the, that's what makes God different from the world. You, you can't bring the world up in here and then put it in the Bible because the Bible is going to contradict how the world moves, acts, and thinks. Okay. So the Lord says, they are co-heirs. That's another way of saying, it's not about me. God is releasing a new dispensation, new orders, new directions, new assignments for the body of Christ Jesus. Because some things were hidden from the church in the past, but now we need to be in touch with what God is doing today. 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 We want to live back there. God ain't even, he, he up here. 
He's right here today and, and tomorrow. We have to know what God is doing today, and the word is clear. Oh, it's something different now. He's doing something different today. He's doing something challenging today. And he's doing something so exciting today. It's just wonderful. You know why it's wonderful? Because it's what God wants. I see you getting it. I see you getting it, Pocahoma first. I see some of you that I spent time with who, who see what God is doing. I, I see some of you who are going to make this thing happen. We're already translating from Spanish to English. We're already ready to learn how other cultures do things and welcome them to this house. We are already projecting the future. One of our members said, you know what, Pastor? We can make Smith Hall the overflow room. They say we can put a TV in there that shows the worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what God wants. Because it's not about us. It's all about God. I love God's church. I'm not talking. I've given my life to God's church when there were many other opportunities. I'm not one here because it ain't no way else for me to go. <laughs> other opportunities put in my face. People have asked me, say, what else, you know? You could be making a whole lot of less. Huh? Why do you stay in the United Methodist Church? I say, because God won't release me. See, people don't understand, it ain't about me. God won't release me. And I would rather be in God's will in the United Methodist Church, where they don't quite respect preachers or pay preachers and all like that, than to be out there in my will, because the day will come when I'll have to answer for not doing what God told me to do. It's not about me. It's all about him. And when the church sees it like that, the church says, you know what? This is not my house, this is God's house. God has already told me how he wants his house. God has already said, go make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's what God said. The day of small churches is over, gone, and done with. That was a time when there were large churches, but they gone, done, and over with. This is a new day. There are more people outside the church today than used to be. Looks like we're not doing our work. I'm excited about what's getting ready to happen here. Excited. And so during this new year, Pacoma First United Methodist Church, let's, let's renew ourselves. Let's have a new attitude 
because the truth of it is, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about him. It's all about him. Lord, is my life in order with your will? Lord, am I doing what you say to? Lord, have I answered your calls to all different kinds of situations and different kinds of people? Lord, do I represent you well? Lord, they don't have to see me. They don't have to call my name. But I want you to see me. And I want you to call my name. Because you in the end, we'll have the final decision about my life for eternity. And all I want to do is please you. Lord, I'm available. You gotta speak for yourself sometimes. And other folks say, no, you don't need to do it. I, you know what? I have let nobody stand in my way of doing what God told me to do. Not children, not husbands, not aunties, not uncles, cousins or friends. I've let nobody, that's my life, and he's seen it, stand in the way of what God has called me to do. My children's greatest question to me now, Mama, why did you go back? You didn't have to. Yes, I did. Because God told me to. They kind of getting it now. Leave her alone, she gonna do what God told her. <laughs> we'll just love her for that. 2019, you ought to have a new way of thinking. Lord, I'm available. I may not be all that in a bag of chips and some Kool-Aid, but I'm available. I may not be the smartest person in the world, but, but I'm available. Lord, I want you to know, in 2019 and beyond, Lord, And give the Lord a hand praise. Not about me. Not about you. It's all about him. I can hear the cries of sinners, and I'm going to wipe away their tears. Lord, I'm available to you. My will, I give to you. I'll do what you say do. Use me, Lord, to show someone. I'm the name.
me. I'm getting rid of all this mess. My story. I'm not thinking the way I used to. And I am available to you. That's all God wants from us.